0: In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. When I was very young, my older brother teased me mercilessly. Do you have an older brother like that, or sister? (laughs) When he really wanted to torment me, he told me I was adopted. You're not a real Lewis, he was saying, but I am. He was in, I was out. On the other hand, If I had been a little older and a little wiser, I could have said, oh yeah, even if I am adopted. That makes me special. Mom and dad had you, and maybe they didn't even plan to have you. But they chose me, so there. (laughs) As it turns out, I am not adopted. I am a blood son of my mom and dad and blood brother of my brother. And this is confirmed when people say to me, you look more and more like your mother. And I always protest. There is a bittersweetness to adoption, isn't there, given up by one set of parents, yet chosen by another? And this, in turn, reveals a universal truth about love between parents and children, adopted or not. It is always an imperfect love, who doesn't have a bittersweet relationship with mom and dad, however he or she became their child. Whatever the love we receive from our parents, we long for a deeper, and a higher love. There is always a reality deeper than the reality we know, those deep currents which feed the surface stream of our experience. Jack Cornfield, in his book, A Path With Heart writes, the longing for love and the movement of love is underneath all our activities. C.S. Lewis, through the great lion, Aslan. Though the witch knew the deep magic, Aslan says, there is a magic deeper still. Today's readings are about that magic deeper still of God's love for us. In Isaiah, we have this beautiful poem about the restoration of a marriage. God is being reconciled with Jerusalem as a husband is reconciled to his estranged wife or as I could say, a wife is reconciled to her estranged husband. And in our epistle, and our gospel reading, God our Father both adopts and births us into his family. From Galatians four, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent sent forth his son born of woman, born under the law to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And from John one, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And God in his love can do what no earthly parents, whether biological or adoptive can do. He both adopts us and births us. And he does so through his son Jesus. This is yet another marvel of the incarnation which is central to Anglican theology. In an incredibly dense passage, Paul tells the Galatians that the law only gets us so far. As a guardian or a custodian, it is life-guarding but not life-giving. It points to our identity but does not give us our identity. In the fullness of time, the law concedes to the one who gives us our identity and our very life as sons and daughters of God. Our core identity is not our gender, our race, our ethnicity, our tribe, our social status. Instead, we are most deeply and truly ourselves in Christ Jesus. And we are most deeply and truly ourselves in unity, in oneness with all the others who are in Christ. That's the beauty of community. So our deepest identity is not in our biology, our genetics, personality, character, etc. It is rather in something and someone outside of ourselves. In our relationship with our Heavenly Father. It is Jesus who makes this relationship possible. This Christmas week, I saw both of my children, one in Northern California, and the other in Long Island, New York. I am a strung out father. My daughter, Chelsea, reminded me of a game we played when she was small enough to carry, for me to carry on my shoulders we called the game Drunk Monkey. It consisted of me running down a hill as fast as I could with Chelsea on my shoulders. And she said when I was with her in California, Lake Tahoe, she said, Dad, I've never felt freer, like I was flying, and I've never felt safer. I can no longer carry my daughter, so I have to put her on her Heavenly Father's shoulders. I learned decades ago that my children are not my own. And this was one of the most freeing realizations I've ever had. I used to lay awake at night worrying about my kids. Worry is our way of grasping onto something or someone we need to release. And we need to release them into God's hands. The hardest thing to release is our children, especially when we believe that they are ours. They are not ours. We participate in their creation, but we don't create them. God does. And they belong to him. He's got them. And in a curious and wonderful paradox, my love for my children has set me free from them because I have given them over to a deeper, higher love. Because this is what God did. For love's sake and for the love of his son, he released his son. In his perfect love and perfect freedom, God gave his son to us so that he could receive us as sons and daughters. The Son of God became the Son of Man so that we, sons and daughters of Roger and Lilia, Wayne and Elaine, that's my parents, Tammy's parents, insert your parents' names there, so that we could become the sons and daughters of God and call him Abba, Daddy. Jesus is eternally begotten and once born by his heavenly Father and the Virgin Mary, who had to also release her son to his father so that we who are not eternally begotten can be twice born, once to our earthly parents and once to our Heavenly Father by His Holy Spirit, who pours the Father's love into our hearts. And this astounding story, the story of Christmas, it sounds more like fantasy than reality. But in truth, a reality is always reaching for something deeper and stronger and truer, and more real, and more fantastic than the material world of our making and of our undoing. And when we are undone, our Heavenly Father binds us and he holds us in his everlasting arms. Amen.